On the Feast of the Ascension, Jesus instructed His disciples, Stay in the city. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. St. Luke tells us there were about 120 disciples who had come from Galilee with Jesus for the Passover six weeks before who were now continually in the temple praising God. They were in the upper room devoting themselves with one accord to prayer, together with some women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. These must have been, these days in between ascension and what we are about to celebrate, must have been days of confusion and joy. No one knew exactly what to expect and when to expect it. Probably in the upper room was the first time where individual disciples started to share the stories of their experiences with Jesus. I imagine that Peter, James, and John probably in the upper room first told the story of seeing Jesus transfigured on the mountaintop, speaking with Moses and Elijah. Perhaps it was the first time that Mary disclosed the very unusual circumstances of how Jesus was conceived. Surely they sang psalms. Did they start to make the connections between Jesus the Good Shepherd and Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd? Did they see their experience of ascension reflected in Psalm 47, God mounts his throne to shouts of joy? As they awaited the Holy Spirit, did they pray with Psalm 104, Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. We have been baptized with both water and the Holy Spirit. Let us celebrate that. Today is the third most important day of the church year. But for so many Christians, Pentecost fails to excite us as much as Easter and Christmas. And that is a shame. The Holy Spirit is the glue that holds our faith together. It's what makes us the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit dwells within each of us. It guides us as individuals and as a community. Now, many of you have been to confirmation preparation classes, and so you probably have learned all about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. I forget, but I have them written down here. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. But to remember a list of seven words or phrases is to oversimplify the power and the gifts of the Spirit. We have each been gifted or graced by the Spirit in multiple unique ways. I am a member of a religious community called the Paulist Fathers. We are the first community founded, uh, of, of men, founded in the United States. And we have an individual devotion to the Holy Spirit. I like to think of one of my unique gifts, my personal mission from God, is to witness to the Spirit already working in other people's lives. Now, I know a lot of you have this award ceremony to get to tonight, so I can't sit down with each of you and hear your story and then tell you how the Holy Spirit's working in your life. So I will have to tell you about my experiences of the Holy Spirit. Three graces that I have received. The first was at a low point in my career as an engineer when I was living outside of New York City. Welcome to the group from Westchester County. Used to live near there. 
My job had become rather unfulfilling and very stressful. I was working more than 60 hours a week, and when you work more than 60 hours a week, you need to choose every day between eating, sleeping, and bathing because there isn't time for all three. And then one Sunday in the fall of 1999, I learned that my parish, which I was pretty new to, was going to be holding a special anointing of the sick service that afternoon. And on the spur of the moment, I went. It was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. As Father Jerry anointed my hands and parishioners I didn't even know surrounded me, touching my arms and shoulders, I felt the embrace of God in a new way. What was the gift of the Holy Spirit? It was trust. Trust that God would always be with me. And since then, that grace, that gift has never left me. So watch out. I'm a priest now. Never would have thought that back then. The second gift I'd like to share was in May of 2001. I was singing with the diocesan choir in my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Anybody from Pennsylvania here? Yay! (laughs) I was singing at an ordination. First time I'd ever been to one. And I don't understand exactly what happened that weekend, but I had this lightning bolt experience. Suddenly sensed a call from God to consider the priesthood. Now, it took me 11 years, actually 10 years and 51 weeks, to trace the call and become a priest. But that day I received the gift of vocation. A sense of what God has called me to do with my life. And those who have known me a long time would say, in these last three years since I've been ordained... I have never been happier or healthier. But while I was applying to the seminary, I discovered another grace that I had received. Now, this might make me unique compared to all the other people here, but I had a kind of miserable time in junior high school. (laughs) But things began to turn around as I gained a sense of understanding other people's perspectives. And as I was writing up my autobiography, I don't know, Sister, do you have to write an autobiography when you apply? You know, 12 to 15 pages, double-spaced, about your life with God? <laughs> I suddenly pinpointed that this understanding happened almost exactly when I was confirmed. Could this gift of understanding or empathy have been another grace from the Holy Spirit? Three gifts in my life of the Holy Spirit at three unexpected moments connected with three sacraments of the church. Sacraments confer grace upon us. Those of you who grew up with the the Baltimore Catechism, you remember that definition, right? I don't use that definition for sacraments. I say sacraments are not a reward for a job well done. They are graces for the journey ahead. But what is grace? I tell people in RCIA that grace can be defined, or at least I define it, as a gift from the Holy Spirit. Every time we receive a sacrament, and the majority of us are about to receive the sacrament of Eucharist, every time we have an opportunity to ask God for a grace, for a gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's take a moment in silence to pray. What is the gift that I need from you today, Lord?
There are many gifts, but one same Spirit. Why do we wear red to depict the Holy Spirit? I, I, if I just had the regular people who are a little shy, I'd ask this as an open question, but I know about 100 hands would go up and i only have to call on one to get the answer. So I'll just tell you. It represents fire. Fire has an important property in chemical reactions and in cooking. You can assemble all the ingredients for a meal, all the chemicals for an experiment, but a lot of times it takes the heat of fire for those elements to change. Each ingredient becomes more pliable. New flavors arise, and together those ingredients become a new creation. When the Holy Spirit descended upon the upper room with those hundred or twenty so disciples, it was like a chemical reaction happened. Suddenly, each disciple's individual experience of Jesus was refined. It was forged into what has become what we call the gospel. That forging forced the doors open compelling the disciples into the streets to proclaim the mighty acts of God. On this great feast of Pentecost, come once again, Holy Spirit. Give us the graces necessary to propel us forward in our journey of faith together. Amen.